<laughs> just kidding, son. I mean, uh, John, or whatever. Okay, I look into the... Tw- All right. So let's talk real quick about the purpose of a calling. We talked about the 12, while that why they were called. Um, why, but let, let's make sure we get a good understanding. The purpose of a calling. So the purpose of a calling is, um, just listen to this statement. All, we often hear people of faith talk about their calling or doing what we're called to do. So what does that actually mean? Actually mean? So calling, defined. When you define the word calling, it's an impulse to follow a particular job, a strong urge to follow a particular career, or to do a particular type of work. That's when you want to know your calling. So, if um, Roy, if you had to tell me what your calling was in the secular world, what is it? Work all day, try to sleep all night, right? I got it. But if you're you're you naturally you do electric electrical work, right? That's that's where you were led. That's and that's where your work is. Okay, and and so. Can you say you were called into that field? Can you say you know you're supposed to do that? Or did you just choose that? Can you say that? You just chose that. There's going to be a difference. The purpose of a Christian calling, okay, is this. The calling is the calling of the church of which we form a uh, form a part. And in our minds lay hold of the fact that our calling antedates or it's earlier than the beginning of the world. We shall, at, uh, we shall at once be prepared for the discovery that, is, that it carries us beyond and outside of the world and the whole order of the material creation and into a heavenly position and destiny. The calling antedated the pre- uh, present creation and will reach full fruition when, we cre- when the creation has ceased to be. It is the calli- this calling that we now purpose to consider in its scriptural setting. That's quoted by F.B. Hole. What he's saying is, is each and every one of us that are sitting here today, we were destined to be called into the mission of Christ. Or you wouldn't be sitting here right now. Okay? Understand that. Your purpose, your calling, why you are here today in this church, for whatever reason, I don't care how long your family's been here. I don't care how long I've been here. I don't care how much, you know, how much you know or how much you don't know. It doesn't matter. Your calling today is because Christ predestined that, okay? We can't determine that. You know, when you start talking about predestination, you start a lot of fights and all this other stuff. Listen, if you can't acknowledge the fact that God knows things before we do, then you got a problem, okay? <laughs> okay, so predestination is part of a Christian's life. Just because we don't know don't mean it didn't happen, okay? That doesn't mean God didn't think about it. Let me tell you something. Our God is not sitting in heaven trying to figure out what's next for us. He's already got it laid out. We think because we don't know it, that means he's still planning it. Wrong answer. He knew when I lived in Columbia, Maryland, okay, when I lived in Columbia, Maryland, and I was a little 10-year-old boy up there playing war with my friends, that one day I would be standing here. He actually knew the day and the time I would be standing here, okay? So understand that. So my calling was laid out well before me. Now, how do we affect our calling? We end up affecting our calling by not obeying the Spirit of God. That's when we start affecting our calling, okay? So our calling is well before time began, okay? How many of you know 
God knew you before time was created, before the earth. How many of you know that? I do. I know that. Okay. So. This calling consumes our lives and it governs our purpose. So take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. This type of calling, for instance, you take Roy's job. He's an electrician. He chose to go down that road. Okay. But his calling is more than that. For instance, I'm a trainer. Okay, you heard me talk about it this morning. I'm a trainer, but that's not my calling. I mean, yeah, am I good at that? Am I gifted at training people? And all? Yeah, yeah, good. God has gifted me for that. But he's given me that gift to purpose it in the church. I use it in the secular world to pay the bills. God uses it there, okay? The same type of training and teaching that I'm doing right now, I do for the secular world. You know, to, to do those jo- do specific jobs. But here, it's a calling because the purpose is what? The, to glorify God. And at the end of the day, even at work, it's still going to glorify God. That gift is still going to be used. So look in Ephesians chapter 4, let's read it. <coughs> Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Now, I want us to pay close attention to that scripture. With which you have been called. Not you're going to be called. Not that you might be called, but you have been called. Okay, so let's read, let's look at this. Therefore, I... The prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Let's answer this question. When you got saved, were you called by Christ? Yes or no? Okay. So that was your calling. You were called to come into the kingdom, right? He came, He sought you out, correct? Yes or no? Do you agree or not? Okay. So you've been called. You have been called. That means that if he if you were called, that means he knew he was coming to look for you before then. It's like going to the store and buying butter. Okay, you when you walk in the store, you already know you're going to buy butter, don't you? I love butter. Butter is so artery clogging, but it's good. And I just you can't put enough butter on stuff. Understand this when you go in to get the butter. Okay, you know, you're going in to get butter. That butter is already called. The selection in your mind is already made. Now, understand this. For me, when I go in the store, you know, I, my goal is to go in and get the butter that's on sale. Right? Yeah, yeah, I get what's on sale. It depends on what kind of butter it is. I have two choices. I have Lando Lakes. I have Publix. I choose those two brands. Every once in a while, I'll pick Cabot, but I like Publix or Lando Lakes. And when I go in, I've already decided. Same thing Jesus has done with you. He's already called you. So you have already been selected for your purpose. Now, I know what I'm going to do with that butter, y'all. It's going to make me some good popcorn. It's going to make me some good scrambled eggs. Okay? Because I scrambled my eggs in butter. Oh, right? Everybody getting hungry now? About time to go to Waffle House or wherever we're going to go? Okay, I understand this. If you want grease, you got to go to the Waffle House. Okay, so but understand this, the purpose of it and the mission and how it's going to be used. I've determined that, haven't I? I'm going to cook popcorn and eggs with this butter. Same thing with you. 
Maggie's been called. Jason's been called. I am going to do this with them. Period. Got it? Faye, you've been called. I'm going to do this with you. Okay? So it's there. It, it doesn't matter. Think about it. How old was Moses when he started his ministry? 80 years old. He, but when was he called? Long before. Exactly. But then when you started seeing evidence of his earthly call, of his calling, when he was in the, because he was set on a what? He was put in what? He was put in a basket and sent out. Why? For what purpose? Because God had already set him apart. So at that young age, even his parents had recognized, hey, this, this kid has got a calling on his life. Did they realize that 79 years later it wouldn't be utilized? It, it won't be utilized for 79 years? No, but he was already set apart. Okay? So understand that. Here's, what we, here's where we get messed up in our calling. Because we get saved, and then we don't immediately a, are not able to jump into it right then. Well, you're not ready to jump into it right then. Okay? You're not ready to jump into it right then. So please keep that in mind. Now, when Paul says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Look at this last statement. The calling for a Christian is purpose for a common goal, which will require a common mindset. This calling cannot seek its own and cannot be undone or put in place by man. So that's that's what we have to understand about the worthiness of the calling and to be the worthy manner, okay? It's not for me to tell Brother Charles, you're called to, you're called to sit by Ms. Liz. Just an example, and you're fulfilling it. You're doing a good job. You, yeah, you are. You need a raise. Yeah, okay. He said, look, he even agrees he needs a raise, okay? He needs to do that. <laughs> he needs to do it, though, the way God wanted him to do it. Okay, he can't do it. I can't do it. You can't sit there the way you want to. Does God want you three feet away from Miss Liz? Well, apparently so, because that's the way y'all sit every time. Okay, so apparently it's ordained for y'all to sit apart. I got it. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Now we see. Okay, (laughs) but I understand this, y'all. It can't be put in place by man. Just because I said something, that don't mean that, see, you might supposed to be three feet apart. Okay, good. I know, but I'm just, sir. She's been called to do things. Yeah, she's been called to do that. Now, just because man says something doesn't mean you should go and do what I say, right? Understand, this calling cannot seek its own, and it cannot be undone or, or, or put in place by man. Okay? So now, let's go to the next scripture, Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 29. Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 29. I'll give you time to go there. Do y'all remember this portion of the presentation? It's been a long time, I know. Y'all remember this portion of it? (coughs) Probably not, but it's okay. That's why we do these things. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. All right, starting in verse 29 in Romans chapter 11. Sorry, verse 25 in Romans chapter 11. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has been 
it has been has been happened to Israel. Sorry, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So now let's stop. OK, let's talk about this verse. OK, we, we talked about it before in the past. Paul is explaining Israel was intentionally hardened, a, a portion of them intentionally hardened for you and I. OK, so that means that God was working his plan out. You know, some people might say, well, why didn't God just save us all and not go through? No, God had his plan. Your, your plan may be to just save everyone, but God has a different plan. I can get real technical and try to tell you how to how God thinks and all that, but it's not about that right now. It's about looking at the order in which God has laid it out and following that order. That's what you do when you're called, okay? Just like when you're hired for a job, okay, and they call you in, and they say, okay, we're hiring you to do this, but this is how we want you to do it, right? So you do what you've been hired to do in the way that you've been hired to do it. Okay, God is the same way with his calling. When he calls you, you do what you're called to do and the way you're called to do it. So you take Israel. Israel was destined to be set apart, okay, for God, but also they were destined to have a hardening. They would, God had already had it in the plan. The only way I'm going to make those, because guess what he knew? He knew that somewhere down in history there were going to be some fence jumpers in Israel, right? Okay, and they were going to go over and they were going to marry foreign women and and foreign men and do all this stuff and and mix all these things up. He knew that. When he had already set aside a pure race for him. Okay, so God now keep in mind, this is the way his love works in his infinite love. He's still going to want those that 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 are not part of this pure race to be included in it. But he can't just put them in the family like that because they weren't raised in the family like that. So he has to give them a pathway to the family. Okay? He has to give them a pathway. And, and how does he do that? Well, he says, I got to make room. So you guys are going to be hardened for a while. Not for long, but for a while. You're going to be set, you're going to be hardened. And then what's going to happen? Well, now we're going to open the door for those who are and, and keep in mind, this is biblical, for those who are illegitimate, and we are illegitimate, okay? I understand that, all right? I'm not trying to insult anyone, but we are illegitimate. And so he had to make room for the illegitimate. In other words, we didn't have, we didn't have the bloodline. We didn't have the, you know, we're foster children. We're all redheads or red scalps or whatever you want to call, okay? So now when you look at this, so... And notice it said a partial hardening. See, that's why you have the Jews out there now that believe in Jesus. They weren't all hardened, just the ones that needed to be for you and I. Now look at the rest of the scripture. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved just as it is written. All Israel. What is he saying? He's saying, guess what? You're going to be called Israel too. All Israel and, and y'all. Y'all going to be called this, part of it. And look at what it says. Uh, it will be saved, just as it is written. The del deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Verse 28, from the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. Israel is enemies, okay? But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. 
For the gifts and callings are go- of God are irre- irre- irrevocable. Sorry. Gosh, I had a little heavy taste of Mike Tyson there. <laughs> so they're irrevocable. <laughs> I could really go somewhere with that. I won't. I am, and I don't want him mad and coming looking for me. Anyway, for the gifts and, uh, and calling and the calling of God are irrevocable. So what he has done is he did this to Israel so we could come in because he was called. He knew he was going to call us as well. Okay. He knew he was going. So that's it in a nutshell. We won't get too deep in it out. I could do a lot more explaining and go deep into it, but we won't right now. I just want you to understand from the standpoint of the gospel. They are enemies for your sake. Israel has turned their back on God for you. So they were called to do that. Understand this, y'all. They were called for this purpose. Just like I've always said, just like Pharaoh's heart was hardened for his God's purpose. Judas Iscariot, he was lost for, guess what? His purpose. Understand that. Pilate, uh, his role was there for his purpose. Kind of like what Brother Kent and Mike were talking about this morning. All of these politicians and everyone, they're going in to do things and, and order these things, but they're all for God's purpose. They're all under the control of God. There's no secrets here. God is fully aware. And God is playing his chess match. He's the champion chess player. You will never beat him. He'll always get checkmate on you. Okay, so understand that. So let's keep going. So the Christian calling will separate you from what you know. Those of you taking notes, look at Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And also let's read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. I'm going to give you time to find them, but I'm just I want to read them both. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of of righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. That ties right to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to send you out, and you will not know. Okay? I'm going to send you out, and you will not know. I'm going to ask you to build something, and you've never built it before. I'm going to ask you to preach somewhere, and you've never preached there before. I'm going to ask you to teach something, and you've never taught it before. You understand? That's the purpose of a calling. Now, look at this scripture closely. Look at at verse 8. In Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, Abraham, what? When he was called. When he was called. In the Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, by, Abraham, by faith, Abraham, when he was called. Look at Genesis chapter 12 up here on the screen. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. He was called. Completely blind to where he was going. Okay. Y'all know, remember my testimony about when I left a job. Remember that one? I left. Didn't know where I was going. She freaked out. Yeah, what? naturally. I just quit my job. What? What? 
God was telling me, go. Was he calling her? Yeah, he was calling her through me, though. So I had to be the one that, you know, we're going. We're going. We're going. Did everyone of Abraham's seed know where they were going? Just Abraham. And guess what Abraham had to do? He didn't know where he was going. Yeah, guys, we're going this way. It's kind of like going into New York and going down the dark road. That looks like where we're supposed to go, so that's where we're going. Is it coming off? I'm losing my. Yeah, we got to do something else eventually. I'm not, I'm not even moving a lot. But anyway, okay, thank you. So understand this. Look at the top statement. The Christian calling will separate you from what you know. He'll always pull you out from, from where you're comfortable. You got it? He'll always pull you. We experienced that Thursday night, didn't we? I'm not just talking about you. There was other people here that weren't comfortable, okay? <laughs> but he'll pull you out, okay? You think about Miss Joyce this morning, okay? Think about that. What did she do? She stood up and she spoke to everyone. Okay, she, you know, that's not, and she said, I'm not a speaker, but she was called out, wasn't she? Miss Linda was called out. I know I told her, but the spirit, had, go on, get, give Miss Linda, okay, here you go, Miss Linda. I gave it to her, and then guess what happened? Went on my merry way, didn't I? That was her calling then, then Kim's. So understand this, it, it will pull you and separate you from what you know. That's kind of the and I don't, I hate to use the word upheaval, but it is. That's kind of the upheaval that's been going on in this church for the past two years. Okay? We've known, we've only known so much. I've only known so much. And once again, y'all, I've been learning this as y'all have been learning it, okay? So you, you know, it's not like, you know, hey, Brother David's coming in and crack, crack. No, it's not. I'm learning it too. I'm being stretched. I'm being tasked, okay? I mean, come on, Eric, right? Just cleaning the sound room up was a... It was a big stinking deal, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, I didn't know what was in there. It was just, you know, you just look, and it looks like the carpet is moving and all this other stuff. Like, man, there's something crazy going on in here. But even if when you think about it, just even cleaning the church, it can, it can be an issue. It's purging. You know, it's like I said on Saturday. It was like, you know, we got rid of all of the gods. Okay, we're getting rid of the gods out of here now. You know, we're, we're you know we're getting the ashram and the Asheroth and all. They got, got to go. You got to go. You know, and there, but here's the difference is when you're called to do it, it comes with a boldness. There's a difference. There's authority behind you. When Miss Pekulski here said, "Just take that picture down," that throw rug we got back there over there. Okay. <laughs> She said, just take it down. There was a, but there was authority in that. You understand? That's where your calling comes from. You, you know you're fitting into your calling when you're walking in authority and, and things are happening, okay? You got it? All right. So let's keep going. Notice what she said. They had to go. You, they had when you are called. When you are called, there's some things in your life that have to go. If you're going to be effective for Christ, if you're going to be effective for Christ, you can't have bitterness. You can't have. It's got to go. Anger's got to 
go. You can't get your feelings hurt easy. Now, that's a hard one right there. What, what do you mean I can't get my feelings? I'm in a Baptist church. I'm supposed to be able to get my feelings hurt. According to the bylaws, every three months, every church member has the right to get their feelings hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's the way we treat it. You know, we treat it like it's a, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm entitled to get my feelings. No, you're not. Where is that? It's in paragraph 3, section 8. There it is. I got it highlighted. And I choose to get my feelings hurt on the 18th of every, every third quarter of the third month. Now, why didn't it happen? Well, that's not your calling. Okay. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. He had to come get her. Yes. And then notice this, too. Yeah, you're right. That's 100% correct. And then understand this. What the scripture I read this morning, no one ascended into heaven, but, this, but, but descended the Son of Man. See, that's the next thing in his calling. He had, think about it, y'all. He had to willingly leave the kingdom of God, the, 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 the heaven. I mean, who, you know, that's kind of like, you know, you're sitting there and, you, you know, you're, you're living in, you know, in Bahamas, in the Bahamas on the beach, and it's nice and lovely and sunny. Yeah, and then go on and say, well, I'm going to North Dakota right in the middle of December. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, yeah. Okay, so get this. Now, understand this. So, good points, everyone. Why is my clicker not working? Did it time out? There we go. Now, understand this segment. The calling comes with promises. In Genesis chapter 12, let's go ahead and go there because we read verse 1. Go ahead and go to Genesis chapter 12, and let's go, and we're going to read verses 2 and 3. I know they're on the screen, but they'll help us. And, and these promises, of course, are not your promises that you want. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, and it reads, And I will make you a great nation. Now, he just told Abraham to go, and Abraham didn't know where he was going. But go on. Go on. I got, I'm, it's, it's kind of like when somebody tells you, go pick this up for me. Well, I don't have any money. Just go pick it up. And you get there, and you find it's paid for. Okay? Understand this. And I will make you a great nation. Okay? So here's the promise. Our, and when, when, the, when you see, and I will, guess what? He will. And I will make you a great nation. So there's a promise. He's going to make him a great nation. I will bless you. Well, there we go. Now, he didn't say how he's going to bless them, did he? Right then. Not, not with our blessings. Well, God, you promised me if I went to Sulphur Springs, 180 people would join within the first three months. He didn't tell me none of that. He told me to go down there, go David, go down there and preach the word. He might, he might as well have to call me Jeremiah. Go down there and they ain't going to listen. <laughs> For a little while. Y'all listen. I'm just messing with you. But he said, go down there. It's going to be hard, but go. It's going to be hard, but go. Okay. 
You know, coming in, it's going to be hard. It's kind of like I told you all about Tuesday night when I gave you all that sheet and I answered those questions for you before you could ask them, is the class going to be hard? And I said, yes, it is going to be hard. I didn't sugar. And guess what the good part about that is? Even though I told you the class was going to be hard, you still show up. I mean, I could have told you all, I'm going to beat everybody with a bat when they get there. Well, okay, you can teach the Word of God, right? Yeah, okay, well, bam, give me the Word of God. Here we go. And make, and then, now look at this, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. <laughs> That's the other part of the promise that we miss. We always think a promise applies to us getting something, but that promise applies to us giving something. Uh-huh. Didn't think about that, did you? Miss Liz is like, well, I guess I got to stay three feet away from Charles. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles just says, what a blessing. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so here we go. Look at this. In verse 3, what? Look, Kent can't legally get up here and do this, but I can. It'd be a lot worse if he was doing it, wouldn't it? Yeah, moi. Now look at verse 3. Continuing in promise, and I will bless those who bless you. And then the ones who curse you, I will curse. And you and you, all the families of the earth, will be blessed. So these are all promises. What are God's blessings, though? Well, you got to be in the calling to know what that is. Y'all, you know, I will say this. Being a pastor is hard. It's painful. It's draining. It's all of these things. But just all it takes is one moment to see one face smiling, one person get it, and it's all worth it. That's the blessing. It, look, she's a lot smarter than y'all think. <laughs> Trust me, I, I've given her more compliments over the past two months, and some of them were on accident. I wasn't ready to do that. But a lot of them, but she's, she's doing, understand this, to see people getting it, and that's a blessing for a pastor. That's a blessing. So that's when your calling is, is, is getting. And seeing people that even desire to get it. Desire. They may not get it, but they want to. Wow. That says a lot, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of like, you know, Mom, Dad, I want to do it right, but I can't. Well, good. I can do something with that. I can do something with somebody who wants to do it. Okay? So, now let's look. Son, we probably won't get to those other slides. I'm just saying. Are you back there Pokemon hunting while I'm preaching? Okay. Of course, I have no way of proving that right now because I can't see through the big old 12-inch, I mean, 24-inch TV he's got. Okay, now look at this. The purpose of a calling. The end purpose of the call is to achieve the will of God. You, you, you may not be the best at what God has called you to do. You may not receive the praise that others receive from your calling. Being the best and getting recognition are distractions and will distort the understanding and intention of the calling God has given you. The final purpose of the calling is clear. Make sure you underst your understanding of that calling is equally clear. See, now that's something that the disciples had to get into their head, okay? They see... That's, that's something that we, we get in the church and we get going and get to working and get to digging and get to cleaning and get to throwing out and picking up and bringing in and ministering and praying and all this other stuff. And then sometimes we forget about the end purpose of it. Don't we? We get that Martha syndrome, right? Martha completely forgot that, wait a minute, Jesus is in the house. 
Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if you get another bite to eat? Jesus is in the house. You take this morning service, okay? I'm losing my thing again, aren't I? Go ahead. What? <laughs> I used to like you, Brother Bill. You thumbtack. Staples of work. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I didn't pray for help, but it happened. Okay, anyway, you're not sticking tape on my head. It's okay, I'm almost done. We're recording. Don't. I don't know if I like this. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay. He didn't put it on my head. Okay, thank you very much. You know what? There's a lot of not normal about what goes on in this church. You understand that? Yeah, it's, it's completely okay. This is what I love, you know. You see? Um, mm. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's normal here. This is us. We, we all get it. We all understand each other, don't we? We're all weird. Okay, every last one of us is weird, okay? We all got our... You see, and here's the good thing about us is that we admit it, Okay. You can walk into some churches and they don't admit that they're weird. You know, they're they're floating. You know, they don't even move their legs. You know, so, you know, understand this. Now, I want us to get this thing about the calling. Okay, I want us to really understand that the the final purpose of the calling is clear. Okay, um, the final purpose of of what what I'm supposed to do is clear here. I've told y'all that. I've shown you scripture time and time again. The direction we're going what the end result is supposed to be, and that's my calling. And I will do everything that God empowers me to do and equips me to do to get us to that point. We're going there. It hasn't changed, okay? It hasn't changed. Um, our mission, our purpose, everything, it, it is that. And so since you're a member of this flock, you will do the same thing, okay? What role that play you play in that may differentiate a little bit. But still, the end result, the end goal is this, that you're going in the direction that God wants you to go. You're, you're being who God has created you to be. That's the same thing. Jesus didn't tell the disciples. He did not tell the disciples, well, um, I need you. You know, this is going to be, you're going to be doing this during, you know, during while I'm walking here, during my reign. No. He's, you know, while I'm here teaching you, y'all, y'all, come on. All y'all come on and watch, okay? One of those good old things. Here, hold my cup and watch this, okay? <laughs> you know, Jesus is like, okay, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. He was over and over and over again, do this, do, yeah. And he kept doing that because he knew f why he was calling them. He knew their purpose. He understood their purpose. And so when he did that, it's like, well, okay. Now, God, when you go, what do I do? Well, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, just like you've listened to me, and keep in mind, y'all, they have listened to Jesus 
<laughs> and they saw him. And it took, it, but the power of the Holy Spirit, you, the only reason that the power of the Holy Spirit, they were more effective under that because the power of the Holy Spirit became an indwelling. Jesus was an external dwelling. Now, now I'm not taking anything away from it. See, you got to remember, Jesus' calling wasn't, he, it wasn't for him to give them the power. It was for him to set the example so that then when they got the power, they knew what to do. That was his whole mission. We miss that. We, we, we miss that. That's why the power of the Holy Spirit is so important. That's why, guess what? Who would have thought God would have been smart enough to create something to go inside of us so that we could do his work? <gasps> Ooh. Who planned that? Jesus, you want me to do all this stuff, and you want me, well, guess what? I didn't tell you to do it and didn't, get, didn't give you the screwdriver to not do it with. <laughs> you know, that's like me going home and finally telling me, okay, David, make pancakes, but you got to do it without flour. <laughs> well, sweetheart, you ain't getting no pancakes. <laughs> okay, but I make sure I keep flour in the house so I can make her pancakes. She likes my pancakes. What? Oh, okay, good. Anyway, okay, so, uh, anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, I know she heard that. There's an eyeball about right there. Anyway, <laughs> but you understand what we're saying? So, you know, once again, this purpose of the calling, the, the disciples were worried about so many different things. We tend to worry about so many different things. But what we have to remember is, wait a minute. If you're telling me you're gonna, you want me to do it, and then you tell me you're going to give me the tools to do it, then guess what I need to do? I need to do it. And I need to, but guess what? I need to understand how to use the tool. Right? You need to understand how to use the tool. I can't just give you the wrench and say, hey, go tighten that boat. I got to show you how to use it. Right? So and that, but God has done that. He did that through the power of the Holy Spirit, and he did it by example. <coughs> I always lay it. Exact opposite where I walk, don't I? Okay. So, uh, mm, we'll stop. We'll stop. Keep it like that, though, because next week that's where we'll be. So do you, you remember now why we're here, why we're learning the 12? Okay, good. Anybody else? 